Hello, hello. This is the Getting Dizzy podcast, and I'm your host, Derek Zardis. I'm so grateful to be here and thankful that you could join me. I can't believe that it has been three weeks since the last time I was in the studio recording this podcast. And so the first book that we will be talking about today will deal with procrastination, the science behind it, and how you can use that information to reduce its impact in your life. I'll also be recommending some other books, one from a business mentor, one from an athletic coach, which will hopefully inspire you towards the endeavors that you are working on in your life at the moment. The second half of the podcast will be an exploration of my coaching journey and some of the things that I've been struggling with and some of the ideals that I am hopefully trying to hit as I become a coach, not just for others, but also for myself. So with that in mind, let's jump right in. The very first book that I'm going to be recommending today is The Procrastination Equation. And I'm going to quote directly from the author Piers Steele. What a great name. Piers Steele is the author of The Procrastination Equation. And here is a direct quote from him. The Procrastination Equation accounts for every major finding for procrastination. As the deadline for any task gets pushed further into the future, delay increases, and our motivation to tackle the tasks decreases. Impulsiveness multiplies the effects of delay, and so impulsive people feel the effects of time far less acutely, at least at first. Consequences have to be on their doorstep before they start paying attention to them, unless they are particularly large. And what makes consequences large? expectancy, and value. The bigger the payoff and the greater the likelihood of receiving it, the sooner it will capture your attention. So that is the procrastination equation in the words of the author Pierre Steele. Let's unpack that a little bit. So the basic equation is expectancy times value divided by impulsiveness times delay, and that equals motivation, which is a direct correlation to procrastination. It all starts with expectancy. If you expect a great outcome, then you'll be more confident in your ability to create whatever it is that you're aspiring to create. If the expectancy is high, you're much less likely to procrastinate than if it's low. So value is do you value what you're working on? So is there a monetary value? Is there a personal value? Is it something that is important to you? These two things are at the top of the nominator of the mathematic uh, equation. And if those two things are not strong, then the things that are dividing it, the things that are going to break down that expectancy and value are going to have much more impact. I have to admit, anybody who knows me knows that I'm incredibly impulsive. I am a shiny object kind of fella, and that leads to delay. So if you're impulsive, if you're the kind of person that jumps into different things, then what happens is is then jumping into those different things can perhaps distract you from 
the fact that you're not getting other things done. So one of the reasons that the first week I skipped on my podcast happened was because I had a job opportunity that I could not turn down. It ended up being a full week gig that took more attention than I expected. So that week was gone. The following week, I came back and moved to a new apartment. And of course, that had a lot more work and stress than I initially anticipated because I was gone the week before. Then, as I was getting back on track and sat down to record my podcast last week, I let distraction after distraction push that timeline further along. Now, I get a great deal of value from this podcast. It gives me the chance to describe some of the uh, books that have really inspired me and are the core of my coaching uh, background. And then I really expect that this is not just beneficial for me, but also beneficial for the people who've told me that they really like the books that I'm recommending. So that has a really high value. However, the impulsiveness and delay that I encountered in the past couple of weeks really cut into that value proposition at the top of the equation for me. This book also talks about how you really need to uh, make sure that you are goal setting and that there is a mental contrast for those of you who are followers of the secret and uh, imagining things so that you call them to you. Um, this really is a book that also talks about mental contrasting and creative visualization versus just fantasizing about getting things done. So this is a good book to read to understand the science behind procrastination. And hopefully when you read it, it'll give you deeper insights into your own ways of procrastinating. And then it will also give you some tools to overcome those. So that is The Procrastination Equation by Piers Steele. The next book that is on my list is a favorite of mine, and I had forgotten about this book. However, I am journaling much more than I ever have before. I had gotten good at using uh, Google Calendar for my notes and for my appointments but I have not really journaled my information in the way that I am being pushed to in this coach program. And this book will really definitely inspire you to keep a journal as well as to uh, creatively push yourself uh, beyond your boundaries. And that is how to think like Leonardo da Vinci, seven steps to genius every day. So I love this book because I love the idea of and the ideals of Leonardo da Vinci. So not only a great artist, but also an incredible engineer and inventor and business person. And many people don't realize this incredibly physically fit. Somebody who really saw not just the perfection of the body in others, but also tried to attain it himself. He had seven principles uh, that they discuss in this book, including curiosity, uh, a commitment to demonstration and willingness to actually uh, demonstrate your ideas, uh, the feeling of uh, sensualness, the desire to experience things not just uh, 
in sight, but also the way that you hear it or feel it. Um, a willingness to embrace ambiguity uh, and the idea that life is uncertain. He was a big fan of the merging of art and sciences, as well as cultivating grace, ambidextrousness, fitness, and poise. And last but not least, a recognition and an appreciation for the connectedness of all things and phenomenon, otherwise known as systems thinking. So if you read this book, you will get a little bit of an insight into the vast amount of information that we have from Leonardo's notebooks and his information and why that is still important today, but how he used that information at the time to constantly inspire himself and aspire forward. So I highly recommend the book, uh, the uh, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci uh, by Michael Gelb is the author on that. The next book is a classic leadership Bible, if you will, on becoming a leader by Warren Bennis. Uh, for those of you who know, I really love talking about business ethics and about uh, vision statements for a business. And a lot of that initially came to me when I was reading Warren Bennis's On Becoming a Leader. Uh, he talks about uh, six of the main uh basics that you expect in most leaders, the, the traits that most leaders have. It doesn't matter what type of leader you are. Almost all leaders have some skill in these six areas. The idea of uh, vision, passion, integrity, trust, and uh, curiosity and daring. Uh, so uh, when you are exploring who you are, uh, as a person, that that is going to be how you're going to lead authentically uh, the people who are going to follow you. That by being true to your own beliefs and your own self-image, that others are going to see that and want to be a part of it. So I highly recommend On Becoming a Leader by Warren Bennis. Last but not least, uh, as a coaching book, so it's been a little while since I have recommended an athletic coaching book, one of the great coaches of the 20th century, especially from uh, CNN's perspective, is John Wooden. And one of my favorite books by him is a collection of his lifetime observations and reflections, uh, and that is Wooden. A Lifetime of Observations and Reflections on and Off the Court. John Wooden is one of the great all-time coaches uh, for basketball, uh, much less for any sport. He led the UCLA basketball team to 10 NCAA championships in 12 years, including an 88-game winning streak. Um, if you did not do athletics in school, uh, I know that I only did the required athletics. I had a junior varsity letter and varsity letter for my jacket, but those came from speech and debate, not from anything where I needed to break a sweat for athleticism. 
Um, so if you were lacking in that wise old coach, the Obi-Wan to your Luke Skywalker athlete, this book is filled with classic quotes. And he is kind of the, um, the guru about losing, winning, and losing. So uh, to quote one of his uh, phrases here from the book, did I win? Did I lose? Those are the wrong questions. The correct question is, did I make my best effort? That's what matters. The rest of it just gets in the way. The whole book is filled with eminently quotable uh, coach phrases that if you are looking for uh, some insight, if you are looking for somebody who is going to talk about being a realistic optimist, that uh, to mix idealism with realism and add hard work, this is one of those classic coach books that you really want to get your, your head wrapped around. John Wooden also had a was one of the first coaches that really made a living after his coaching years by going around and talking to businesses about his uh, pyramid of success, the seven steps that he had for success both on and off the course and off the court. And quite frankly, at least four of those steps are major components of the coaching program that I am in. So it's very clear that uh, this book was not just an inspiration for me as from an athletic standpoint, um, but this is also something that has inspired others to uh, improve themselves as well as their business mentalities. And so that is Wooden by John Wooden. Those are my book recommendations for the week. If you grab one of those books and find a passage or a quote that you just can't get out of your mind, please make sure that you share that with me. I would love to hear your thoughts on any of those books. Now I'm gonna talk about some of the activities and reflections of the coaching program that I have been in this week. One of the reasons that I went back and reread How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci is I was really struggling with the amount of journaling that I am doing, both accounting for my time as well as some of the additional things like writing down my gratitudes every day, which doesn't seem like very much. It's only a minute of my time and I do gratitude so naturally. Why was I struggling with writing it down? When you add in there that now I'm being called to not just visualize, but also verbalize in a journal my big three goals for the day, both in the morning and in the evening, uh, this was becoming more and more difficult. So one of the activities that I've been working on over the past two weeks is visualizing in the beginning of the day and the end of the day, um, the big three uh, categories of my life and who I want to be in each of those categories, energy, work, and love. So not only do I have some mental images of who I am in each of those sections of my life, I also reflect upon the virtuous qualities that I'm trying to get out of those images in my day and then some specific actions that day that I am hoping to accomplish in order to best fulfill 
my best self. So not only is this tough each day trying to come up with a very strong image out of my day, um, but also committing to those specific actions during the day that will lead to my success has been uh, troublesome for me to say the least. I've enjoyed writing in the journal as much as I am, and for learning things, it's easy to write down those learnings. But as far as my inner thoughts, I find it much easier, listener, to be talking to you and to cycle through the thoughts and reflections that I've had in the past week than actually writing them down. Even though I know scientifically that writing them down just Uh, emphasizes it in my brain even more. So uh, this carpe diem journaling, for those of you who don't know the phrase carpe diem, it's a Latin phrase that means seize the day. Well, if you want to seize the day, you got to have an idea in your mind of what that day looks like. So also part of the process has been designing masterpiece days. What does that uh, best day look like and how am I getting from where I'm at right now to closer to experiencing those masterpiece days on a regular basis. So that was the first thing that I have been struggling with. The the second thing that I don't struggle very much with and is something that I have been using for some time is what they call WHOOP. Uh, WHOOP is an acronym that is part of the Uh, the mainstay, if you will, of the positive psychology uh, goal-driven mentality. And WHOOP comes from Gabrielle Odegen, which her book, Rethinking Positive Thinking, was one of my recommendations from this past Christmas of my top books to read uh, in 2020. Uh, So the WHOOP stands for WISH, uh, what is it that you want, uh, outcome, why? Why do you want that? What benefits will you experience? Obstacle? What might get in the way? And plan? How will you meet and overcome each of these obstacles? Uh, I feel like I am pretty good at lining this up. Uh, I have a number of different techniques to figure out what it is that I want at the moment and what it is that I wish and why I want those. So the wish and the outcome is really easy. The obstacles are something that is always a little bit difficult. You can predict a number of those obstacles. It's the obstacles that you aren't predicting uh, that become difficult to deal with. And then the plan. Uh, So how will you meet and overcome each of those obstacles? And one of the things that I've changed for myself in the past couple weeks is changing it from a plan to pathways. Um, So I've already experienced that uh, plans are sometimes hard set in our mind. And when we don't live up to those plans, sometimes we cancel or quit the plan just because it's not where we want it to be. So the substitute that I have for plan that I picked up from one of the other lessons is a pathways, or instead of coming up with a plan, coming up with different paths to get to my larger goal. And so this is something that I've been working on and I feel that I was strong in the past and it's something that I continue 
to feel good about uh, as I am working on my coaching. The last thing is a reflection on self-confidence. Now, for the most part, I'm pretty self-confident in the things that I know that I do well, but it's the things that I do that are on a medium level or even on a good level that I struggle with, that because I'm not exceeding my expectations in those areas, I tend not to positively reinforce the things that I'm doing, or I tend to take them for granted. So one of the reflections that we've been working on is that's like me. So when we do something that we know that uh, we are doing well, or is something that we were going to do, uh, or is part of the process that will help us to achieve our goals, we should reinforce that with a phrase, uh, that's like me. And I have to admit, I've tried that phrase for a couple weeks, and I personally have changed it to attaboy. Uh, because for me, is the attaboy, that chuck on the shoulder, is the positive reinforcement that I like the best. I worked for a company where they would ask for employee feedback about other employees. And the term that they used was an attaboy. And I always liked that. It has that coaching kind of aspect where someone is chucking you on the shoulder or if you're on the basketball court, maybe a colleague is patting you on the ass to say, way to go, nice job, keep it up. Um, and so that's what I've been using instead of that's like me. Uh, the phrase itself didn't resonate with me. I can understand why they would use that versus attaboy because it's kind of genderless and it isn't necessarily something that um, is very specific even for Americans. It's very clear and concise. And that is the activity that we want to reproduce and go out and do more of. Um, so I struggled with that, found a word that I feel like is giving me the, the same kind of positive reinforcement. And I have found it much easier since I found the lingo that works for me. So those are the projects uh, that I've been working on this week. I really appreciate uh, you standing by me. For those of you who wrote me and said, Derek, it's been a couple of weeks. We want to hear your voice. Thank you. Thank you for that positive encouragement. If you have listened to this podcast all the way till the end, do me a favor and hit the like or share or subscribe button, whatever is sitting there, favorites on certain channels, make this a favorite of yours. Not only does it let me know that this is something that you value, but it also lets others know that maybe there's some content here that they could appreciate as well. Once again, this is Derek Zardis, and this has been the Getting Dizzy podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you next week.